include silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a code of silence and it can't go on. Hi folks, I am Alan Watt and this is Heading Through the Matrix on October the 20th, 2008. I always advise the newcomers to look into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com website and download as much as you wish of the free audios I've got up there on previous shows. I try to basically put this big jigsaw puzzle together for you and give you lots of shortcuts because there's so much to learn about reality that's kept from the public that we're not encouraged to be in reality, just the opposite. Also look into alanwattsentinel.eu for transcripts which you can print up and they're in the various languages of Europe and pass them around to your friends. And uh, I've said for years now what would happen uh, in years to come and we're here and some of them, there's more to come yet because this agenda is not over, it's the, it's the never-ending story because man is a building material according to the high elite and through science they can modify us and do as they will to create new types of humans and this is what they call at the top the great leap forward in the Darwinistic idea. Of course most folk in the last century thought it would happen because of some genetic impulse of intelligence that genes had that would do it all themselves. But no, it was to be done through science and scientific manipulation. By the understanding of nature, they would control and alter nature itself. They call it the ideal design by the grand architect. And that's what they plan to do with us. Unfortunately, we are the generation that are going through the massive changes and war was declared on us before we were even born. War while we were even in the womb, and war through inoculations, and then the food supply being altered, and the water being, being filled with fluoride and toxic substances, all to dumb us down, while the mainstream media gave us a society where we were supposed to just be happy, don't think about the, the deeper problems in life, leave it to the experts, and that has already happened. Most people can't make their minds up on anything without the advice of what they perceive to be as an expert. And what's always astonished me is how quickly these experts are presented to the public. We heard about Dolly the Sheep years ago. Supposedly the first, and it was not the first, but the first alteration of genetic cloning that they'd done for public view. And suddenly, suddenly the public were introduced to panels of experts that just appeared out of nowhere. Of course, it had already been set up. That's very democratic of them not to tell us. And these, these bioethicists, as they call themselves, are really eugenicists. Their idea is to sell to the public the idea that they somehow, being the experts, are looking after the moral and ethical questions that we may ask ourselves. So we can go back to sleep while they handle it all for us. But of course their whole idea, as I say, is to go forth and allow 
all of these modifications to take place. We're at a stage now where countries have passed the laws to create human animals, as they call it, part human, part animal. We've even had the Catholic Church come out from the top saying that any creature that, that is created a chimera, part animal, part human, will have to have the respect that a, a human being would have. So if all of these things to go through, and we're the generation who's going through it as, as mind you, the same generation are being hammered about sustainability and overpopulation. I'll be back with more on this topic after this break. I'm Alan Watt, and we're back cutting through the matrix, talking about this generation and how we've been hammered in so many ways, physically, mentally, and emotionally, by planned changes, planned attacks, so much so that most people are truly interdependent, meaning they're totally dependent on the system in which they live for survival, for everything they need for survival. All the loopholes have been closed. Loopholes being that you could go off into the country, get away from it all, and stake out your little property. You can't do it today because along comes a man with a measuring tape and hands you a tax bill because you live. We're the only creature that has to pay authorities for existing and having a, a, a roof over our heads. Even a tortoise or a turtle that has more rights than we have. They can carry their house around with them. They don't need a license or permits or anything like that. And this is the the, the folly of man because there are so many control freaks within society that are born in every generation. Generally, in times gone by, they lived very frustrating lives because they couldn't get done what they wanted to do if they could be in charge. But since the... The organizational abilities of big foundations and the creation of non-governmental organizations, they now all have a place. And it's the same within the massive bureaucracies that are constantly growing. I think they clone each other every other week. There's another bunch of them for some new department, which we all pay for, of course. And this was foreseen a hundred odd years ago by people, even like Carl Jung, who said his biggest fear uh, was that the world would be stifled with bureaucracy and rules and regulations and laws. Lenin, too, who was trained by the big elite boys to play the opposition for a while and to amalgamate a whole area of Europe and standardize it, stated uh, that, um, that they would last probably 70 years and then they'd merge with the West because the West by then would be socialized. How did he know that? Because his masters told him it would be socialized. And we are socialized to that extent. We're domesticated. Big, big players in the past from the big foundations attached to royalty and given royal charters to exist have basically managed our lives and your parents' lives before us. And when they met 100 years ago and even before in the 1800s and talked about the problems of overpopulation of the peasantry 
They were not kidding. They didn't have big international meetings in those days or today so they can sit on their hands and make up wish lists and pray to their deity to do it all for them. They actually implement the plans. It's interesting to see the, the whole history of this eugenics-run system. And now we are being blamed, the public are being blamed for all the problems in the world, even though the public were given a system by the top economists who work for the same elite of hyper-consumerism, which they're now claiming isn't working. We have to start doing it with minimalist ideas, minimal purchasing, minimal buying, but mainly we've got to reduce the population. The same old rant that they've had down through the ages. It should be understood, too, that in the Middle Ages, it wasn't just plague that brought people down because the nobility would often go out in their own area and slaughter what they called excess peasantry. There are books, mainly in university libraries, gathering dust about this kind of population control because the elite have always feared the public and they have good reason to fear the public very good reason to fear the public. But getting back to the war that's been on the society, one of the methods discussed a hundred years ago to make people infertile was the use of bisphenols and other chemical agents introduced into the food supply and various other means. Now, science was way ahead of what you think hundred years ago, they had done the higher studies and the higher sciences, the ones that are above university level, because the military-industrial complex has always existed, and they're always way ahead of what professors down below them are ever taught. And they found out that various chemicals added even to perfumes and makeup of pregnant mothers would basically alter the genetic makeup of the male especially and produce infertility back in the 50s there was a massive push all over the media for women not to breastfeed their babies but to use the bottles and so on massive propaganda it was better than natural you see better that's what you heard with margarine too better than butter it's the same old con game whenever they suggest something and push it big time you do the opposite if you have any sense at all. But they found out these chemicals introduced into the male when he's a fetus, uh, about eight weeks to 12 weeks or so, will literally hinder his growth of testosterone in later life. It affects the testes and their ability to become a complete male. This is from the Mail, Monday, October the 20th, 2008. Canada bans gender-bend baby bottles, putting Britain under pressure to follow suit. And it says here, baby bottles containing a controversial gender-bending chemical are to be banned in Canada, the first country to introduce such a ban. In a move that will put pressure on Britain to follow suit, health officials have officially classified bisphenol A, which is BPA, an everyday chemical added to plastics and food packaging as toxic. 
DHEA mimics the female sex hormone estrogen has been linked to birth defects in boys, heart disease in adults, and lower sperm count in breast cancer in animals, but also with humans that found out. I've read these studies before. So Canada's banned chemical bisphenol A from baby bottles. It's an ingredient of polycarbonate plastic, a lightweight chatterproof version used for CD cases, drinks bottles, spectacle lenses, and food containers. It also crops up in the resins used to line food cans and make glues, paints, and dental sealants. I've noticed too, and I wondered about at the time why they started to line cans with that a few years back. Now, of course, it's rather obvious. I think they also use it within some beer cans as well. And it's mainly males who drink that. It says, study have shown the BPA can leach from plastic bottles into their liquid contents. And government plans to restrict the import, sale, and advertising of bottles made with BPA. You know, these are propositions, remember. Propositions only. It works very well. It's worked very well for a long, long time. And everyone pretty well has been affected by it. Because the United Nations give out, gives out statistics every year. Every year. On the sperm count in the Western world plummeting. And they never say this is a crisis. Which means... In that case, they know what's causing it, and it's part of the agenda. Otherwise, it would be, obviously, a crisis. You know, there are people who don't believe in conspiracy, and it's an overused term now, especially as the media, media actually want everyone to talk about conspiracies because it's classified as being ridiculous and silly. But most people actually believe in coincidence theories, not conspiracy theories, it's coincidence theories, everything is a coincidence. Those who watch the mainstream media and have been weaned on it and grew up with it put everything down to coincidence. Even when you can show them the proof of what was going to happen, published by big foundations as they rule and guide society into this global, I call it plantation. They still put it down to coincidence. It must be what else could it be. That would mean that there are very bad people running the show. Evil people. And once again, society itself doesn't know what evil is anymore. They should read Ponderology. Because everything today we're taught and to be brought through, up through the school system, everything is morally relative. There's no right or wrong. Something always benefits out of every situation. And that again is part of it because we can't recognize evil when it's actually practiced upon us. People today are going under and accepting totalitarian tyranny across the planet because you see they have no moral convictions to stand up for anymore. The war on their mind has worked. People have to start thinking for themselves. Those that can, most folk are too damaged to do so. There's an article here from New Zealand. It's from the AAP on October the 20th, 2008. New Zealand men have poor quality sperm, study shows, by Tamara McLean. The quality of New Zealand's male sperm 
has halved in two decades the most dramatic drop of any Western country. Not quite true, actually. Not quite true at all. Because they've already done the studies for the Western Hemisphere and the Northern Hemisphere. Nothing happens, remember, suddenly in nature. And two decades is nothing at all in nature, in the long time span of things. Something has caused this. Research presenting to a gathering of international fertility researchers in Brisbane today was told that the sperm volume carried by the average New Zealand man decreased from about 10 million to 50 million per millimeter between 87 and 2007. And I'll be back after this break. Hi folks, I am Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix, this big fantasy that's been presented to us, this world that we've swallowed, it's been pulled over our heads, a completely fake, made up system. Lenin said the same thing, there's a thousand ways that society can go, but the public must not be allowed to know that. They must think the one they're born into developed by itself quite naturally. In reality, of course, it was guided this way by a thousand points of light that are still operating today very well and very alive indeed. Getting back to this article on New Zealand and the, the sperm count plummeting in 20 years. It says it's rather dramatic indeed and one of the largest seen in studies in other parts of the world, said lead researcher Don John Peak of Fertility Associates in Auckland, he said the fall represented a drop from very good to good sperm quality. Well, perhaps he should do his homework and see what good sperm quality was back in 1950 because it was a lot higher than how he starts off as normal today. He says, but if the downward trend continues towards 20 million danger mark, we would definitely be running into trouble. The findings to be published in the New Zealand Medical Journal are based on sperm quality data from men volunteering as anonymous sperm donors. The biggest drop was seen in the first decade with a slower decline in recent years. So within 10 years, it almost halved. And now it is half. And it's still going down. They then put on the big misleading comment at the bottom because they don't want to panic the world. It says this contrasts with Australia and the United States where no decline has been seen. That's completely opposite of what the UN has been giving us in the statistics every year because we are down by 75% from 1950 according to the United Nations. So they always put a spin in because these big quacks you see at the top, the big experts, are in on the agenda, especially the height or the high places of medicine. They are in on the eugenics agenda, and they, are, they belong to the big associations that run this world. Here's another article just to push on with this wish list that obviously has come to pass, the wish list put out by those that wanted to reduce the population and talked extensively, had global meetings on how to do it. And it says here, plastic ingredients linked to smaller penises. This is from the Globe and Mail, Tuesday, October the 7th, 2008. 
by Martin Mittelstead. It says the exposure of expectant mothers to phthalates, a common ingredient in many plastics, has been linked to smaller penis size and incomplete descent of testicles in their baby boys. According to a new research paper that found the chemicals also appears to make the overall genital tracts of boys slightly more feminine. Oh my goodness, like we haven't noticed what's been happening in the young. The findings are sure to add more controversy to phthalates, a chemical that is added to polyvinyl chloride plastic to make it less brittle, and to many types of personal care products, including fragrances, hairsprays, and nail polish. Look at the big manufacturers of these particular items, and look at the associations that they belong to as well. And then you might think twice about buying this brand or that brand or the most popular brands that are pushed. Says here the research was conducted on children from three different areas of the United States and found a strong statistical correlation between expectant mothers who have above average levels of the chemical in their urine while pregnant and feminizing effects on their sons. Phthalates are probably reproductive toxin and should be eliminated from products gradually because we don't need them said Shanna Swan, director of the Center for Reproductive Epidemiology at the University of Rochester School of Medicine, who led the team of scientists who examined the boys. The paper is published in the current issue of the journal Environmental Research. The Virginia-based American Chemical or Chemistry Council, which represents the makers of the chemicals, and guess who they are, Exxon, Mobil, BASF, Ferrocore, and Eastman Chemical issued a statement saying it cautioned against over-interpreting any individual study. This is not an individual study. They've done many, many over the years. Scientists have been investigating the possibility or the possible effects on boys of phthalates because rodent studies have shown the chemical has peculiar ability to shorten the space between the anus and the genitalia in male mice exposed during fetal development. This space known is the anogenital distance, or AGD, is normally about twice as long in young male mice than in females. For mice, AGD is considered a measure of masculinity and a way to determine the sex of pups. Scientists are so confident of the fact that they're given the impact of the chemical on male rodents a name. It's called the the phthalate syndrome. Surveys of children have also found that there is a marked sexual difference for this trait in humans, too, with the length in boys about 50% more than girls. Dr. Swan's research conducted on 106 boys from Los Angeles, Columbus, Missouri, and Minnesota is among the first to raise the possibility that phthalate syndrome may also be at work in humans because it found pregnant women with the highest amount of phthalates were markedly more likely to give birth to boys who had shorter anogenital distances. And I can hear the music coming in, and I'll go on with more of this after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix, reading an article 
about phthalates, known as DEHP. It says here it's been listed as a toxic substance in Canada, and Health Canada has proposed, but not implemented. Wonder why? A prohibition limiting the chemical to no more than 0.1% of the weight of toys used by young children. Phthalates may have adverse effects because they're able to reduce testosterone synthesis by interfering with an enzyme needed to produce the male hormone. This raises worries that they may alter any process dependent on the hormone that choreographs male development. Phthalates can easily leach out of products, enabling humans to absorb them through diet, skin, and inhalation. Dr. Swan cautioned that the research was conducted on a relatively small number of boys, and the findings need to be independently verified by other investigators. I've got reports here who did studies on the same stuff back in the 1930s. So why haven't they stopped it? In fact, why haven't they, why haven't they been using more and more and more of it? I, I ask you. It must be one of those coincidences again. It's strange how every coincidence falls right in line with the agenda. And within the Western Hemisphere, one of the most booming businesses and up-and-coming businesses is infertility clinics. It's quite amazing, isn't it? You can also look into the, the urology and nephrology magazine from an article dated 13th of June 2008. It says, com. Our study examined the possible association of endocrine disruptors, hypospadias, crypto cryptorchidism, and reduced anogenital distance. So this is for the professionals, this particular article. In many mammals, including humans, <laughs> anogenital distance is longer in males than females, suggesting that phenotype in under hormonal or is under hormonal influence. Recent studies have reported that anogenital distance is re- reduced in male infants exposed to high in utero levels of phthalates. That means while they're in the womb. Putative endocrine disruptors in multiple species. And it goes on and on and on about how this is quite a, quite a big thing. This is compared anogenital distance in boys with high spidius, 47 patients, undescended testes, that's another byproduct of it, and normal genitals. We also examined whether various demographic and morphometric parameters were possible confounding variables. Groups were similar with respect to age, height, body mass, index, and so on and so on and so on. It says anogenital distance, that's the effeminization of the male physically, was significantly shorter for hypospadic boys compared to cryptorchid, or cryptorchid it should be called, and normal boys. Normal cryptorchid boys were not significantly different. In conclusion, our preliminary data indicate that human hypospadias and cryptorchidism may be associated with shortened anogenital distance. Then they go on about needing further studies to confirm. As I say, they've been confirming this since the 1930s, at least. At least. Quite, quite something, isn't it? They can have endless studies confirming what's been known all along. Why would they keep using these things? But then again, you should look into books put out by descendants of Charles Darwin, like Charles Galton Darwin. In his book, The Next Million Years, 
where he talks. And this, this guy was a physicist who talked in the 1950s and wrote books on the necessity of drastically reducing the population and reducing the, the sperm count in males. He also talked in the book about ways to introduce chemicals into the male system that would rapidly decrease the sperm count. He said it would probably have the effects of making them more effeminate as well. But that must be another great coincidence for all you out there that want to believe that the experts are working for you because they're so altruistic. They come from different wombs. They have no nasty intentions. And that's unthinkable, isn't it? It's time we started thinking for ourselves. And we live in a society today that is rush, rush, rush. Many single mums no, and no fathers around. And the beauty industry with all its chemicals is pushing, pushing, pushing. These chemicals are still going into the woman and into the fetus when they become pregnant. And we see the effects. We've been growing up with the effects. Medical journals since the 1970s especially, actually from the 60s, were reporting that females as well suddenly suddenly were having uh, smaller hips and they were having problems in childbearing because of it. Suddenly, mind you. Again, going back to Charles Galton Darwin's book, The Next Million Years, which is a must-read, to find out how these tyrants and these eugenicists truly, truly think. You'll find out that everything I'm talking about here was discussed by him in his own books, and he belonged to the big foundations. They're working today, intergenerationally, towards what they call this nice term, sustainable development. You should read what it really means by sustainable development, because the elite have decided that it's time that most of us die off. And they don't have the planet to themselves. Now, I'll go to the callers now. I've got Rick from California. Are you there, Rick? Hello, Alan. Hello. Hey, how are you doing? I'm hanging in here as always. <laughs> oh, thank you very much for taking my call. Um, I was just looking on um, I was looking on Facebook and MySpace um, for, for information. You know, like um, you were talking about people impersonating you. Yeah. And, and uh, another place you might want to look is, my, is Facebook, but it's harder to find their profiles and, and what they're doing on it and everything. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> I found another MySpace account from Germany. There were two, and now there are three. And it says you're 100 years old, and, and uh, I just wanted to it's, it's, I just wanted to, tell, to let you know, to no, notify you about that. I should tell them I'm, I'm much, much older than that. Yeah. <laughs> and I certainly feel it. Yeah, I haven't been able to find any, any videos being given out, but... Um, you know, I'm just trying to plug away to try, try to, you know, do what I can, you know what I mean? Because I want, I want you to stay on the air. Yeah, there was one guy who was a student uh, in the U.S. <clears throat> who <clears throat> I am going after because he, he basically gave away 2,000 copies of my book from his, one of his sites. Wow. And uh, that was that rough, this is like 16 grand he pulled from under my feet and out of my mouth. And wow. uh, that was deliberate sabotage. Yeah, it's terrible. Yep. But uh, I know where he is. He's off in Italy right now on some sort of part scholarship from his university. 
got me oh, wow. in touch with his dad, who's an insurance agent, and, and his dean of the university as well. Wow. Uh, I wanted to, can I bring up something? I wanted to bring up something else I, I bumped into on YouTube la, last night. Yes. Um, I, and, and, and some people are going to be uh, upset at, at this or disappointed or offended, but I have to, in the interest of truth, I have to say this because we, you were talking about that, that we, we must be our own champion and not look for leaders, knights in shining armor, to save us. Yeah. Um, um, Ron Paul was seen on, um, it's, on, it's on YouTube, he was seen giving a Masonic handshake to Bill Maher, and he was seen doing the devil Satan sign that, that, that George Bush and both Clinton did with, this, mm-hmm. with the two fingers, the, the goat's horns. Yeah. And, and his logo um, on his podium is the pyramid, or is, is the, it's the square, the upper part, not the lower part, but the upper part. Yeah. And he, apparently he, he, his wife belongs to an Eastern Star Lodge, and he, he himself belongs to a lodge, and his father was a mason, a Texas lodge. Yeah. It, it, so, well, I, mean, um, I think everyone in politics is presented to the public, mm-hmm. and that's just how the game is played. Um, I don't know about Paul, but Ron Paul, but I know the game is played, and uh, they've already sworn allegiance to international brotherhood, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. 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 Oh, and then one more thing was... Um, uh, what, what does the, the goat um, horn mean with the, with the fingers? What, what does that, when, you, when they do that, what is there's, it? There's a couple of different levels of meaning. It's basically a pan. It's a symbol of pan. Some will mm-hmm. say Satan, but pan is the god of the world. It means Satan too, of course. But uh, it, it's also, you'll see them using the right hand or the left hand, meaning that they're playing the left hand path or the right hand path because they, they use the dialectic on the public. It depends who you want to follow. Uh, so it's a corona, it's a crown as well, of, of Satan, as they call it. You know. Okay, well, thank you very much, Alan, for, for um, taking my call. And thanks and, for calling. Uh, good luck to you. Yep, thank you. Yep, it's, it's, it's a form of nature worship, too. It's all through masonry. It's, it's, you have to go into theology, ancient theology, to understand what true pantheism was. And it was the same with Satanism, basically, where you worship the creation itself. And you believe it's got magical powers and it's all one, and then you want to be one with it. But strangely enough, in all years, when they give you religion, they always give you a hierarchy who decides what you think and do and behave and how you behave, etc. So think about all those things that come with it. We already have the big boys in top with the sustainable development and NGOs already and actually working actively to rule our lives under a form of fake pantheism once again. Now, I've got Tim in California. Are you there, Tim? Hey, Alan, how you doing? I called in probably about a year ago and uh, uh-huh. just had a couple of questions. Um, my first question was, I know this is way off topic from what you were talking about, but what do you think deja vu is? Deja vu, uh, I think, is a natural, um, a natural phenomena, especially in children. You have more of it when you're a child. You, you tend to have little more than just a hunch of what's coming next or, or, or what you're going to see next, but I think it's drummed out of you as you get older, and it could even be part of a survival-type mechanism that I know that animals have. Animals are very, very aware of things, far more than humans, uh, and uh, so I do think there's, there's um, a possibility of deja vu. It's often, I mean, I often know what a person's going to say or, or, or do or whatever, and yeah. uh, the only thing is I'm not intrigued by it, so I don't try to get into what most folk do, and they think that's the mystery of religions, to find the answers and gain power. Uh, they always end up getting lost 
in the process and their minds are taken over by other people. What about uh, reoccurring dreams where you have the same thing happen and it's not necessarily a good thing? Would you take any, um, I mean, is, yeah, I guess like my question is, what, what are your dreams and <clears throat> what do they mean? And if you're having reoccurring dreams, what might be the significance of that? I, I mean, is that just kind of something to pay attention to or what do you think about that? It would all depend if you can relate it to something happening in your life or something that's not resolved as yet. Uh, It could be something that's happened a while ago, but it still isn't resolved. Therefore, you'll go through it in symbolic fashion. In other words, it won't be the exact thing you're thinking of. It'll it'll, it'll cloak itself in another manner, Uh, but it's the same thing being repeated over and over. And they always used to say in, in religion, and even within the Catholic Church itself, that the person who receives something like that, if they can make sense of it for themselves, then it was it was truly um, a sort of godly thing. If there was no meaning to it, then it wasn't from a creator. I see. And the last thing I wanted to say was, um, I heard your blurb when you were talking about taking vitamin B12. Yeah. And so for the past week, I got a good source of vitamin B12, organic source, I've been taking it, and I haven't probably felt this normal and since I can't remember how long where I'm just having normal thought patterns from one thing to another. My mind's not running around thinking about a million different things. Yes. I can consciously sit down and think about something, and like you were saying, you can think yeah. about it for a long period of time and, mm-hmm. and come to you know good conclusions about it. Yeah. So, your vitamin B12 is uh, cyanocobalamin. Um, you'll find that there's an extrinsic, it's called an extrinsic factor. And there's an intrinsic factor in your stomach juices. Very few people today are, are, are able to absorb it properly from the regular food because the intrinsic factor has been altered uh, and the enzymes have been altered through the GMO foods that we're eating. It literally attacks the stomach. And therefore, you need much more vitamin B12 uh, supplements, as I say, cyanocobalamin, uh, to overcome that. And, and that's just... Uh, that's been proven by studies today. The elite all take lots of it. Yes. Well, yeah. I just wanted to say uh, thank you so much for all the work you do, and I'll let the next caller get on. Thank you, Austin. Right. Thanks for calling. Now, there's John from Texas here as well. Hey there, John. Hello, uh, Alan. Hello. Um, I'd just like to say, what can we actually, this, since this thing's been um, going down since the ancient times, uh, even uh, with all the people even trying to, do their best to fight this particular thing that we're dealing with today. Um, I just don't see uh, pretty much what we what we should do. I've just I've only been hearing this radio show now for probably just a month, and mm-hmm. I'm really uh, at odds with a bunch of mixed feelings going through my head, obviously. But I don't know. It seems like everywhere you turn now, and everywhere I turn, uh, I see them actually killing us in one way, shape, or form. Yeah. And uh, with so, uh, I mean, it's like 360 degrees from food to water to roadways to uh, just everything, laws. I mean, I, I, mean yeah. I, I guess that's what they want to do is mix us all up so that we don't know which, which way is up. Exactly. That's what they call chaos because all the old ways of living, all the old ideas that held us together as society and neighbors and so on have been destroyed on purpose for that very thing. Uh, they said a hundred years ago they'd have to destroy not just the family unit, that would in turn join, uh, destroy the natural community and the bonding between people. 
and then the state would have no opposition when it comes for you. It will talk directly in the ideal governmental uh, situation. It will talk directly to you, and there will be no one around you to help you or, or stand up for you. That's what governments always wanted. So you have to understand that all kinds of morality uh, that really kept us together have been purposely destroyed. Uh, we need stability in life. We need um, we need towns that don't change much. If you notice, in towns, there's how a building will last more than 10 years and knock it down. You can't go to a place where your grandparents walked because it's all been changed. That is to give you no feeling of continuity and belonging, and, and that's been done intentionally. Um, the same with, with everything else to do with family, etc., and the new definitions was to, it's because it's going towards an agenda where everything is possible, everything is possible, and when you have no normal to compare anything to, you don't stand up and say no. And that's why so many movements were created and funded from the top to bring in um, this, this system that we see today. Um, it is overwhelming, it's meant to appear overwhelming, but remember, within every individual, that you have the ability to stand up as a true human being, a complete human being, and your opinion is just as valid as any expert working for some big foundation who, who doesn't have your best interests at heart. And we should realize that our opinion matters just as much. They are no more sovereign over us than we are over others. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I am Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix. And as I was talking to the last caller about about the what seems to be so overwhelming a system when you wake up to how it really is and and how it's all around you and how we're being guided by those that conspire to guide us. We are given our thoughts, our topics, and even those things that we go for and the phrases we, we use, sustainable development, and so on and so on. It, we learn by osmosis through the repetition from the media. And you'll find the sustainable development, for instance, is all through the marketing system, those that give you advertising. It's taught in universities. It's all through universities. Every class of university must get into sustainable development for some reason or another. It's a mandate. Young children in kindergarten are being taught it too, and they will be the green police as if when they grow up, and they will be utterly ruthless as they turn on their target. They're the elderly, and they'll say, you got all of this down. You've been destroying our world. We saw this technique being used when China went through its cultural revolution. All the young ones were brought up and brainwashed into a more advanced form of communism dragged the elderly through the streets and beat them up and even killed a lot of them. The, the ones who gave communism to China are the same elite who run the Western world. Again, Lord Bertrand Russell was sent over to China in the early 20s and taught universities there. And he tells you in his own biography, he was teaching them communism. Why would a lord, a lord from Britain, be over there teaching them communism. That's far, how far ahead they plan everything. 
long before the public get wind of it. Years and decades and sometimes a hundred years before the public ever see the effects of it. Nothing happens on a large scale on this planet by chance. Nothing at all. And communism was the fastest way to create centralized government and bring in lots of little places, little nations with different cultures, different ways of living and so on, into one system, one standardized system. That is why it was time for the, for the Soviet Union to move into the Western world. It's actually to amalgamate with the Western world, as the Rees Commission has shown us. And you'll even find, I think, Senator Dodd, Norman Dodd, on YouTube talking about this shock that he got when he talked to the big foundations in the United States. Who, and who told them, the Ford CEO told them, Ford Foundation, that their job was to work on the American public through societies, agencies, education, and so on, so that the Soviet system could blend seamlessly with that of the West. That's all been done. That's why they brought Mr. Gorbachev out. They made him a star. In one of his recent speeches, Gorbachev said, he was not made a leader by accident. He was not an accidental leader. He was groomed for his task to bring the Soviet Union together with the West. He was shown around the Western world uh, on the arm of Margaret Thatcher, supposed arch enemy of communism. The media were all involved and all agreed not to ask any questions about communism and how the people were treated in the communist countries, and they complied. That's how they do it. We're all from Arini, Ontario, Canada, with there's lots of spraying going on. It's good night, and may your God or your gods go with you.